This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we go live or post a video. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow your boy on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. This one, gonna keep it short and sweet. Only one game on the agenda, Lakers and Charlotte Hornets. If you haven't checked out my vlog of the Charlotte Hornets against the Clippers the other night, please go check it out. It's on the channel. If you haven't checked out my latest episodes of the Four Sportsmen and Bass One Figueroa, check those out as well. But the Charlotte Hornets, they came to L.A. and got what I love to see, the good old L.A. back-to-back whooping. And when I say that, the Clippers didn't really whoop them, but they got two L's, the double L. The Boston Celtics got the double W, as we said on basketball and Figueroa. But this one was predictable that the Charlotte Hornets would not be able to get a win probably in Los Angeles. I would hope they wouldn't. And the Lakers took care of business. But you know what? It actually didn't look super comfortable with them, uh, for them the whole game. In the beginning of the game, Charlotte started out pretty well. And this has been a bad habit for the Lakers this season, these slow starts. Just kind of not getting out of the gate quickly, not making shots out the gate, not being as sharp defensively as they'd like to be out the gate. And then after the first quarter, the Hornets led 31-28. to Thought Miles Bridges, you know, he got off to a good start shooting the ball. He was one of their main sources of offense. And I just... I feel icky even saying the guy's name like that anymore. I hate that he's allowed to play, but you know how the NBA is. They try to act like they're the woke league, and then they let guys that abuse women regularly stay in the league. And what sucks is that he's a good player. You know, he's super athletic. He's pretty good attacking closeouts. And in this game, he shot four for 10 from three. But he only shot seven for 20 overall in the game. And a large reason was the second half. Second half, the Hornets, all the shots they were making in the first half just stopped going in. And they turned the ball over way too much. They finished with 19 turnovers in the game. Lakers got 21 points off those turnovers. And that was a huge difference in the game. Now, as far as Laker players, I thought Anthony Davis was again awesome. I mean, the thing about Anthony Davis is... It feels like a very lose-lose situation for him these days. It's like when he plays really well, he gets no credit, and everyone's like, well, that's what he should be doing. And then when he doesn't play well, it's about how much of a disappointment Anthony Davis is. Like, being able to watch him on a night-to-night basis is definitely a privilege. And he is so great defensively. And this season, you know, despite the fact that his jumper still isn't what it once was, it's been looking a little better lately, though. He's been having some pretty big scoring games. And the last couple of weeks, he's been even better in that regard. Obviously, had a 40-point game on Christmas, but it was in a losing effort in this one. How about 26 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 4 blocks? And get this. In this game, because of the way they played in the third quarter, Anthony Davis and LeBron, they got to load manage the right way. Don't even play the fourth quarter because you're kicking the team's ass by so much. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Not this bullshit I'm seeing around the league, which honestly I'm going to get to by the end of the episode because it's gotten out of hand yet again, 
But that's a that's a third quarter that's a three quarter stat line right there. By the way, for everybody, when it comes to the main players for the Lakers in terms of eh, honestly, just AD and Braun. <laughs> AD with twenty six, eight, two, two, and four through three quarters on eleven for nineteen shooting, only shot one three, missed it, but super efficient yet again, and he was four for four from the line. And speaking of the foul line for the Lakers, one of the huge positives for them, they didn't miss a free throw. 14 for 14. Any team's fan loves to see that, not missing free throws. Second quarter, I thought the Lakers were okay. Of course, remember, I have to mention, Cam Reddish was out with a groin injury. That's I'm pretty sure that's that same groin injury he's had. So, I mean, seems like it's lingering. Groin injuries do linger. It's kind of like a load management probably for it to a degree. But probably wasn't feeling great. Um, maybe aggravated it in the last game or re-aggravated it, I should say. I've had a groin injury for months now. Me, my, me talking. Like I've had a groin injury for months, and it gets bad. It gets worse every time I play, but it's slowly getting better. But it's the slowest. It's the most. It's the most lingering injury I've ever had in my life. So hope Cam Reddish gets better soon. In this game, instead of him, they started Rui Hachimura. So Darvin Ham kept going with this big lineup he wants. You know, their starting lineup had nobody under 6'6". Torian Prince, LeBron, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, and AD. That's a lot of length, a lot of size. And here's the crazy part about it. The Lakers still conceded 57 points to a LaMelo Ball at Charlotte Hornets team. They need to be better defensively if that's the lineup they're going to go with. Switch everything, one through four kind of thing. Sometimes even one through five. They got to be better defensively. It's about having sharper rotations, better point of attack, just more effort, to be honest, if I'm being real. Like all that other shit I'm talking, these technical terms. Nah, it really just comes down to effort a lot of times when you're playing against a team like this. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of time before the quality starts to show. In this game, the Charlotte Hornets start out really well shooting the ball. But then they cooled down. So it wasn't that big a deal in the end. However, you know, they still shot 45.5% from three in the game. 15 for 33. And 47% from the field. But here's an area where Charlotte really struggled. The foul line. They got to the line double the amount the Lakers did. 28 free throw attempts to them for the La- to, to the Lakers 14. And they shot 17 for 28 from the line. Cody Martin was 1 for 4. Mensa was 0 for 2. Bryce McGowan's was 1 for 2. And Nick Richards was 1 for 3. Those are really the standouts in terms of missed free throws. But the Lakers you obviously have Austin Reeves and D'Lo coming off the bench. And I thought D'Angelo Russell was really solid in this game. And in the three games he's come off the bench recently, I thought he was really good in two of them. The Oklahoma City one and then this one. He was making his three ball. Catch and shoot, quick trigger, coming off screens. 16 points, 3 rebounds, and 9 assists to only 1 turnover for D'Lo. It does not get much better off the bench. He was a plus 18. He shot 50% from the field in his 29 minutes, 5 for 10. 4 for 7 from 3. And those 4 threes, you could feel it, you could see it. They made a big difference. Then you had Austin Reeves, who I thought was pretty good. In the second half, he was starting to get in his bag, starting to do his little foul baiting stuff. Actually, he only did it once, and he got his foul shots, made them both. But I saw in the fourth quarter when I could, I can, you know, somebody who's watched basketball and plays basketball like for so long, I can see when a guy's feeling themselves, and I can just see with the way uh, Austin Reeves, the wiggle he had to his handle, that he was about to get into his bag, and he hit him with the tween behind the back, got the goaltend, and I was like, man, you could just see that coming from a mile away. But 
Yeah, the Lakers. So I saw a tweet. I don't remember who tweeted it, but they were saying how it was really stupid that the Lakers played drop coverage with Anthony Davis. Like that's their most used defense instead of hedging and stuff. And they're saying that because the Lakers have a lot of size on the back line, you know, bigger forwards. And, of course, LeBron, who when engaged, is really good in that position, picking off passes and making sharp rotations and reading where the next pass is going. But there's a very simple explanation as to why the Lakers are doing drop coverage almost every game because they want to keep Anthony Davis around the rim. Like, that's exactly why they're doing it. If he comes out and, you know, the backline protection, like Jared Vanderbilt hasn't been that healthy. And let's be fucking honest. We don't know how LeBron's going to be effort-wise night-to-night defensively. He had a little stretch around the in-season tournament where he was really sharp. And now it's kind of regressed at the beginning of the season where some games he's good defensively, some games he's just walking around, sitting on the block. Like, there was one time tonight where he was sitting on the block. They passed it to Nick Richards, and AD just, he couldn't guard two players at once for once. And LeBron was kind of not, he didn't rotate. And AD looked at him after the possession like, yo, you're going to pull over or what? And LeBron, like, had this look on his face like, I don't know what you want me to do. But, like, he didn't even move. So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, that's the reason. They don't want AD to come out of the paint. And you don't know what kind of game you're going to get defensively from LeBron in that back line. And, of course, Jared Vanderbilt. He hasn't played much this season. And plus, you want to keep AD around the rim. Like, that's not rocket science, in my opinion. Besides that, the the Charlotte Hornets were turning the ball over so much compared to the Lakers, even in the first half. And the Lakers still didn't really create that much separation. Um, As I said, McHill Bridges was hitting threes. Lakers were hitting threes. How about some minutes from Christian Wood and Max Christie in this game? I forgot about Max Christie. I'm not going to lie. I've said before the season that I thought he should be getting rotation minutes because of his point of attack defense, and he's a guy that's going to play hard every night because he's trying to prove a point that I'm good enough to be in this rotation, and that matters. And especially the Lakers can always use more point of attack defense. His three-point shooting, that hasn't been super consistent as a Laker, but how about tonight? Two for three from deep, three for four from the field. You've got to like the way he shot the ball in this one. And you know what's funny? I say inconsistent from the three, but he shot. The averages don't tell you that. 41.5% last season, but he only played 41 games. And then this season, he's played 22 games, started six. He's shooting 39%. So honestly, that's pretty good. He absolutely deserves minutes consistently. At this point, there's not really much of an argument against it. You don't need all these bigger forwards that are average players. Like, might as well get a young player in there. Jackson Hayes. Even though he had 10 points in seven minutes in garbage time, I think he is going to be replaced. I hope, if you're a Laker fan, you'd hope that he's going to be replaced by Christian Wood in the rotation. Because here's the thing, right? Christian Wood, all these Laker fans, and even I said that he was going to be a pretty solid addition for this team. That he's going to come off the bench, be a pick and pop big. They haven't really had that lately. And yeah, he has his defensive deficiencies. But you can play him next to AD a lot. And then sometimes you can play him as the center for a couple of minutes. You just got to put good defenders around him and then take your chances with the fact that he's a good offensive player. And right now the Lakers could use some more offense, some more shooting. Like, let's be real. I've been saying that they should play Christian Wood some more minutes the last couple of games. And in this one, he showed what kind of impact he can make offensively. The guy's a great shooter. Three for three from deep. Nine points. He was three for four overall. Five rebounds, four assists, and a block. He was a plus 19 in 23 minutes. He had a very good impact. Very good. So he might be taking uh, Jackson Hayes' minutes, and I think that's a good move. 
Lakers outscored the Hornets 30-26 to in the second, but the third quarter is when they completely took over the game, 41-23, to and it starts with LeBron. He was electric to start that third quarter, absolutely everywhere. He had that and one to begin the quarter when he was going left and threw it up off the glass. That was an amazing finish. Then he had that spin layup in transition, and then he absolutely trucked Brandon Miller. I don't know how that wasn't an offensive foul. Some of the stuff LeBron gets away with in terms of charging into dudes is insane. I'm not going to lie. But uh, he got the bucket there, and then he rejected a screen to his right, went left baseline for the layup, and he had some fantastic entry passes. Um, then the, and the Hornets, you know, they started bricking. Lakers were able to set their defense more because they were making shots. Charlotte, obviously not a very good offensive team, especially without LaMelo Ball, started a brick and turned the ball over, and the Lakers took advantage of that. LeBron had some great entry passes. AD was finishing everything. He was doing a great job on the roll, great job being in that dunker spot and just right place, right time kind of deal. Remember, Torian Prince had a really nice baseline scoop pass under the basket to him. Torian Prince... I'm not saying he's a good passer, but he's had some solid passes this season at times. Uh, I still don't think he's a very high IQ player, though, personally. And then you had Rui Hachimura. What a fantastic third quarter that was for him. Lakers had four and ones in the third quarter. At least three. It may have been four, but I know they had at least three. And Rui Hachimura had 12 points in the third. And he was in his bag, too. Hit a little step back. Hit jumpers. Got to the basket. Sealing guys down deep. Getting good post position. Like... He was everywhere, was fine defensively, didn't notice too much from him on that end. But if he's not a negative and he's doing all that offensively, you'll take that absolutely. And what absolutely and what really killed the game off was when the Lakers switched to a zone when they took AD and LeBron out of the game together, which I was, you know, just looking at it from a Lakers perspective, a little nervous about. And the Charlotte Hornets proceeded to play some of What's typical of the modern NBA, shitty zone offense. Like, my sixth grade team can play better zone offense than that. And Stu Lance, rightfully so, was calling it out in commentary. There's no one at the high post. There's no one at the middle. There's no ball movement. Absolute garbage. And the Lakers were able to have that Wood, Reeves, and D'Lo at the same time lineup and just absolutely destroyed them. I thought D'Lo, Reeves, and Wood were awesome. And the game was in the fridge by the fourth quarter, as the great Chick Hearn would say. The jello was jiggling. The butter was hard as a fucking rock. And it was a solid win for the Lakers, turning up the gas. If you're a Laker fan, the one thing you want to see is better starts. Better starts with better defensive intensity. And then you also want to see consistent minutes going forward for Christian Wood and Max Christie. I also am starting to think, and I don't know why I didn't say this earlier, Torian Prince is a decent role player, but he's not good enough to be a starter on a championship team. He's too low IQ, and that's on both ends of the floor for me. And he's not particularly great at any one thing. You know, in this game, let's read his stat line. He was solid. He was decent. That's, that's being nice, by the way, because his stat line looks like he was dookie. Three points, three rebounds, three assists, three steals, though. That's a little bit of everything, though. He was okay. That's why I say he was decent. I watched the game. 23 minutes. I like how it was less minutes, but again, no fourth quarter. And Darvin Ham views him as a big-time player, so he got load managed, too, in his eyes. He was one for seven from the field and one for four from three. So he didn't shoot well. No free throw attempts. The Lakers, by the way, winning at 133 to 112. They're now 17 and 15 on the season, and they are 11 and four at home. So very solid home record. 
The Clippers are 12-4 and four at home, so Staples Center's been kind of a fortress so far this season for both teams. You love to see that, especially with the last season that they're sharing the arena. A combined 23-8 and eight so far. And it's a sellout for the Lakers tonight. Also a sellout for the Clippers against the Hornets the other night. A lot of tourists in town, so you better believe, especially with Laker tickets, this is probably one of the cheaper ones. But yeah, solid win for the Lakers, taking care of business, load managing the right way in the fourth quarter. That's what you like to see as a Laker fan. Let's read the lines, shall we? For the Hornets, I mean, do I even need to read these guys? You know who I don't think is very good? P.J. Washington. He's not improved. He's like a decent pick-and-pop guy. He was 0 for 4 from 3 in this game, 4 for 11 from the field. Can't stay in front of anybody. Doesn't really do anything defensively. Like, I don't think he's very good. He averaged 16 points last year, which was his career high. 44-35 shooting splits on a bad team. Like, he's been on this trash Hornets team his whole career. Don't think he's that good. He was the 12th pick in the draft. Caleb Martin, five points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 20 minutes. Two for seven from the field. One for four from free throw was tragic. Ish Smith, shout out to Ish Smith. They said 14 teams he's been on now. That's wild. He's almost been on half the teams in the league. I know our boy Jim Jackson is, uh, I think, has the most teams in NBA history, but Ish Smith may have passed him up. I think Ish Smith has passed him up. Can we get a fact check on that, one of the mods, if Ish Smith has been on the most teams in NBA history? Starting lineup, Bryce McGowan, second-year player who I'd never even heard of. He was a 40th pick in the draft in 2022 from Nebraska. He was good attacking closeouts against the Clippers. In this game, he was 10 points on 3-for-6 shooting and 3-for-4 from 3. So he had a good first half, got in double figures. All five Charlotte Hornets starters were in double figures. So offensively, they weren't bad in the game by any means. Um, But they got outscored in three out of four quarters. Nick Richards, 11 points, 10 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and two blocks, and no turnovers, so stat line looks pretty good. He was 5 for 5 from the field in 26 minutes, 1 for 3 from the line, though. And then you had Brandon Miller, Paul George's uh, protege. Didn't play against the Clippers. 17, I was looking forward to seeing him play, too. He's been off to a really solid start. I know this is the first time I'm talking about Charlotte, but uh, he's been off to a solid start to his rookie, to his NBA career. 15 points a game he's averaging. On 44% from the field, which isn't that great. But 38% from three, you'll take that all day. So his true shooting is probably not bad. 79% from the foul line, which is whatever. I think it's going to get better, but you can see the potential there. 17 points, one rebound, two assists, a steal, and a block. He did turn the ball over three times, though. And he shot well. Five for nine from the field, three for five from three, and four for four from the line. I thought he was a lot more noticeable in the first half. And then you had Miles Bridges, who was a game-worst minus 33, yes. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and a block. 3 turnovers, yeah. 7 for 20 from the field, 35% weak. 4 for 10 from 3, 2 for 2 from the line in 33 minutes. And then Terry Rozier, who's been off to an absolute tear this season. 23 points, 4 rebounds, and 7 assists is what he's averaging right now. He's been electric. Eight, Scary Terry. He was so popular in Boston when I was a sophomore at UMass. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists for Terry, but 4 turnovers. And he was 5 for 14 from the field and 1 for 3 from deep. So he started missing as well. And yeah, Hornets still ended up shooting well for the game, but not enough to combat the Lakers, who shot 54% from the field 
and 50% from three. So as a team that does not shoot well from three, you love to see that for them. 50% on, you know, 50, 15 for 30. You'll take that. And they also shot, despite the 14 less free throws, 12 more shot attempts than the Hornets. In this game, you got a nine-man rotation for the Lakers. The lowest coming from Torian Prince, whose line I already read. And then you had Jared Vanderbilt, who I thought was decent. I didn't notice him too much. Seven points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals. So a little bit of everything. No turnovers. Three for eight from the field. One for two from three. So you like to see a three ball go in for Vando. And I also think it's hilarious that Stu calls him Vandy. Like, <laughs> what's it called? Thank you, Showtime, Nick. Ish Smith has played on the most teams in NBA history. But I think it's so funny that Stu Lance calls him Vandy, like the university, when everybody calls him Vando. And then Billy Mack starts calling him Vandy. It's so funny. Then you had... Max Christie, I already read his stat line. Oh, did I actually read it fully? No, 10 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal, and 2 blocks. Man, he was everywhere, wasn't he? Only 1 turnover, shot 75% from the field, 3 for 4, and 66% from 3, 2 for 3, and 2 for 2 from the line. What a game for Max Christie. He was also a plus 18 in his minutes, so he should definitely begin minutes the next game as well. Austin Reeves, 16 points, 2 rebounds, 4 dimes, a steal, only 1 turnover, which is very good. You want to see Austin Reeves keep those turnovers down because he's been getting very loosey-goosey with the ball lately. 75% from the field and 66% from 3, just like Christie, but double the amount of shot attempts. 6 for 8 for Reeves, 2 for 3 from the 3-point uh, line, and just like Christie, 2 for 2 from the foul line, and just like Christie, 24 minutes on the dot. So, very solid performance by Reeves, who, again, I just think he's having a very good season in his role off the bench. Definitely should be in the six-man-of-the-year talks. D'Angelo Russell. Him and Reeves off the bench so far, 2-1. and one. But the wins have come again. Eh, okay, he's a legit win. Charlotte, mm, we'll see against other teams. A lot of Laker fans don't seem sold on this because of the lack of playmaking in the starting lineup and lack of shooting, and I don't blame them for feeling that way because I feel that same way. I talked about it on basketball in Figueroa. 16 points, though. Three rebounds, nine assists for D'Lo on five for 10, shooting four for seven from three. I already said that. Christian Wood, talked about him. Nine points, five rebounds, four assists, and a block on three for four, shooting and three for three from deep. And now the starters for your Los Angeles Lakers. I already talked about Prince and Vando. Vandy. Rui Hachimura, 17 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, and a steal. No turnovers on 7 for 12 shooting. Only one 3-point attempt. So he was living in that mid-range, 18 feet around the basket. 3 for 3 from the line. Absolutely fantastic performance from Rui Hachimura. He was a game-high plus 34. And he had a tough game against Boston. So it's good to see him bounce back in this one. Then the big boys. AD already mentioned his stat line. How about LeBron? 17 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists, and only 2 turnovers on 7 for 13 shooting, 2 for 5 from 3. So LeBron continues to shoot 40% from 3 this season. Is he going to end the season shooting that way? Let me know in the comments, Laker fans or anyone. 41% going into this game. Shot 40% in this one, so the number's not really going to change. He shot 32% last year and then 36 the year before that. His career-high three-point percentage with the Lakers was in 2021 with 36.5%. I was thinking this year he's going to shoot a career-high for the Lakers from three, but it's going to be around 37 38%. Right now it's at that 40 mark, which is amazing. 
Anyway, let's see. Anyone else? That was it. Oh, yeah, LeBron. Yeah, I already mentioned it. 17 and 11, big time. On 7 for 13 shooting, 2 for 5 from 3, and only one free throw attempt in 25 minutes. You like to see LeBron getting that kind of rest. Good win for the Lakers, but that's all I got for this one. Well, oh, I wanted to end with this. Now that players are starting to get more injured, you're starting to see the load management come out of the woodworks. Luka Doncic, I know he's dealing with a little, what is it, calf injury or is it a, no, groin, quad, it's a quad injury. Sitting out, watch him drop 38 and 9 next game. Saturday, because it's a back-to-back, come on, it's load management, you ain't fooling anybody. And then, by the way, Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler are injured right now. That wasn't just load management on Christmas because they missed the game today as well. The Brooklyn Nets, what they did the other night was absolutely shambolic. A fucking disgrace. To to play Mikhail Bridges, Cam Thomas, and I think it was Royce O'Neal in the first half and then sit him out and get blown out and home in front of your fans. Absolutely pathetic. The NBA is a joke when they allow these things to happen. And Mikhail Bridges was rightfully pissed about it. Absolute disgrace. That's why the NBA regular season is a joke now. It sucks. I just talk about it every night because I love the LA, you know, basketball scene. I love my Clippers. And, you know, you Laker fans are good to me. And it might as well because I do it every night and I'm used to watching LA teams. But as I said, I don't watch nationally televised games like that around the league anymore. It's just a fucking clown show half the time. Playoff basketball is where it's at. Adam Silver, suck it. You're a dickhead. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Clipper game on Friday night against the Memphis Teddy Bears. That's going to be huge. Huge. The Kawhi news is getting on my nerves. Now they're saying he was not participating in 5-on-5. You know, He's practicing lightly. He's questionable for the game on Friday. I don't know about that. I don't believe, think he's going to play. I'd be shocked if he does. That would be his fourth missed game in a row. And it's just that same old thing where they list Kawhi with something and they don't tell us the full extent day to day. Are you kidding me? I don't believe that for a second. They always do this garbage, and it's always with Kawhi, never with Paul George. But anyway, remember Luke Balmute, day to day for the whole year. Clippers medical staff. I, it felt so good that I was talking about no – I didn't mention the Clippers medical staff all season long, and now I'm doing it. it only took till about game 30. But anyway, that's it for me tonight. Thank you. Let me know if you uh, enjoyed the uh, episode always down to have constructive criticism. Um, let me think. So, yeah, Grizzlies game on Friday. Let's see when the next Laker game is. Next Laker game is against the Timberwolves on Saturday. Okay. I can do that because it ends at 730. I can do that. I'll try to go live for that one. All right. Have a great night, everybody.